Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Nintendo Watcher Podcast. I'm Justin. Joined as always by my co-host, Matthew. Matthew, what's up? Hey, Justin. Good to be back. It's been a little while. We've had uh, some scheduling issues, but we're back. We are back, baby. All right. Um, how have you been? Man, it's been crazy. It's been hectic. It's been stressful. It's been busy. And it's been a whole lot of fun. But, uh, you know, that, we'll save some of that for the episode. What about you? What, how, what's, everything, what's everything been going on for the last couple of weeks? Busy, man. Very, very busy. Um, I haven't actually been playing that many games. Um, I've actually tried out a few, but I've been bouncing off of a lot of them. Just really trying to find a good game to play before Breath of the Wild. Like, I don't really want to get super invested in anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm having a hard time finding, like, that that nice... 10 15 hour game mm-hmm. right now you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think it's interesting that you bring that up because that's sort of the impetus of this episode right what we're talking about today because i've been going through a similar sort of experience where you know i finished up uh, a couple games that i was playing and then just kind of lost interest for a few you know for a week or two didn't really know what to to jump into you know with tears of the kingdom just around the corner i don't want to start anything too long or you know drawn out and so um i just kind of wanted to check in you know what have we been playing what have we been up to and uh it brought me to the topic that i really want to discuss today which is you know in the last what is it three weeks now so i think i started at the very beginning of april so like april i think third i started this this uh thing uh, i started playing through the resident evil series for the fifth or sixth attempt at getting into this series um in my history uh i i've talked about this long 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 time ago maybe back in like the third or fourth episode um about how you know horror games are a genre that i love but i'm absolutely terrified of and um i kind of thought you know with the resident evil 4 remake recently uh releasing you know, having got its start as a GameCube exclusive way back when, right? One of the the few, you know, that that slew of I think it was like four or five Capcom exclusives that came to the GameCube in the early years. Yeah, the the um, um, Resident Evil one and two remakes were exclusive to the GameCube too, right? One, I'm not sure about two, but Resident Evil one remake and Resident Evil zero, one. I think was that was it. Might, it was might zero. Have been. Um, and then we had, you know, the beautiful Joe um, and a couple other uh, games that came out of, of Clo- team Clover. I think it was that went off to be um, platinum games and, you know, the team behind uh, Bayonetta and all that. Right. So, um, but it, you know, I started thinking also about the guilt that I felt this year um, about my backlog, right? We talked about this, you know, at the beginning of the year, I said, I'm going to try to play 24 games off my backlog this year. Big resolution. And that that number was, it was not happening as of the end of March. I was way out uh, on that number, wasn't coming anywhere close. And then Resident Evil 4 remake releases, and it's getting... I don't know if you've you know, followed much of that, but it's getting you know pretty much widespread acclaim. Some are saying it's a bit even better than the original, which some people hold as one of like the top five games of all time. Um, and I decide that this is the time. Now is my time. I'm going to knock out a couple games on my backlog. I'm going to get into the Resident Evil series. I'm going to stick with it this time. Um, 
And so that's what I've been doing for the last like three weeks. I've been playing through uh, the modern remakes of Resident Evil. That's Resident Evil 2 and 3, which we have uh, on the Switch via cloud versions, unfortunately. But we do have cloud versions of 2 and 3 remakes on the Nintendo Switch. And then I played through the Resident Evil 4 remaster all the way through all, I think it was final playtime was something in the realm of 15 hours which is i think a little bit long but we'll talk about why that was uh, as we get into the meat of the episode um but i've been finding that it's a really nice little series to jump into if i want to knock a couple games out of the backlog real quick um while also accomplishing the task of you know seeing a a, a series that i've heard nothing but you know praise for with the exception of a few you know mid-era gaffes um for quite a while now um do you have much experience with the resident evil series in general or with survival horror games as a as a whole so i own all of the resident evil games that are available on the switch like all of the the gamecube um era ones i think it's most of them now yeah yeah i think so i i played through the first one i remember playing through the first one on the gamecube that remaster Mm -hmm. and just thinking you know I can't believe how good this looks like, mm-hmm. and I, you know, it helps that the camera angle is really cinematic and you know, it, it just looks like nothing else did at the time. Um, and I, so I played it years and years ago on the GameCube. I picked it up a few years ago, maybe like a year ago on the switch and started playing through it. And it didn't have the quality of life stuff that I was looking for. Yeah. Um, like I remember one thing and maybe this is just me and I just couldn't figure out how to play. But I remember one thing being you couldn't drop items once you've picked them up. Yeah, there's like a pretty much you're exclusively in most of the games, right? It's item boxes or completely discarding. It's yeah. like really your only option once you've picked something up. Yeah, Which, it's a huge pain whenever, you know, you don't really know what you need to pick up to do the puzzles and all that stuff. So, I, you know, I played like five or six hours of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even that much. Maybe it was like four hours, four or five hours. I enjoyed it, but I got stuck because I was like, oh, okay, well, my inventory is full. I don't know where I can find an item box in this area yeah. of the mansion. Uh, you know, it was just kind of a pain, so I, I bounced. Yeah, but and then- I'd, I'd always like to go back and play through them, though, because I don't want that to, to you know, make me miss out on a huge franchise and eight looked awesome mm-hmm. um, resident evil four i've read the reviews i've watched some of the youtube um, reviews too and a lot of the people that i follow on youtube love that game and you know nothing but praise for it yeah. so i feel like i'm missing out on something yeah i mean you're you're a big fan of the fatal frame series though as well right that's a, a series that you have some fondness for as far as like yeah. survival horror goes right yeah i should have mentioned that one i like that so, one a lot uh, mainly because it's as opposed to Resident Evil, like it's very different. Like your your weapon is the camera obscura, and I, I think it's an interesting um, you know twist on horror games. But yeah, yeah I, I'm really into those. Uh, really should get into Resident Evil, I guess. Yeah, the the main reason I wanted to have this conversation is the fact that it sounds like from like our conversations and things we've had, like you jump into those games, you know, you, they may not be like your standard cup of tea, but when you get in, you play them, you enjoy them. You know, there's no anxiety about the horror elements. You seem to do fine with that from what I gather. Is that, is that true? Relatively um, speaking, relatively speaking. I mean, sometimes I've been pretty freaked out, but it's, it's more of like jump scares, right? It's not, it's not like this, like, um, 
anxiety or like this this being scared of the dark that I know some people get whenever they yeah. play horror games. So um, you're not you're not gripping the controller, palm sweating, uh, you know, phone in your other hand as like a safety mechanism throughout no. the entire playthrough. Okay, no, so that's just me. me that's is just what, you. Okay, all right. So that's just you. this is this is what I'm getting at. Um, the the problem I have the the reason it's taken me so long to get through the Resident Evil series is that I am um, a self-described coward and scaredy cat. I do not do well with horror video games. They they freak me out. Um, I don't like the agency in horror games. I, I have a problem being the one controlling the character. And I, I know that this is the, the hang-up because... I love a good horror movie, right? I'll, you'll put on any horror movie. Uh, it doesn't matter what genre, what you know, era. Uh, I will enjoy it. I will sit down. I will watch it. You know, I'll make it through it just fine. Um, I, I get a kick out of it, right? I love that that sort of adrenaline that you feel from scares and you know being a little bit on the edge of your seat. But there's something about the second I get a controller in my hand, I just I can't can't do it um and yet i love the concept of horror video games i love um games with dark you know moody atmospheres i like you know monsters and zombies and and all of that and so resident evil has always been sort of a blind spot in my in my uh, gaming franchises you know i grew up as a big fan of the ps1 i remember those early day tank control games watching my stepbrothers play them being too afraid to play them myself. Um, and I think it, it actually got worse because I really got my own interest in um, horror games around the time of the, you know, P maybe PS4, PS3, PS4 era. So when we were starting to move towards more realism in the graphic side of things, right? When things were actually starting to get more realistic looking, a little bit scarier. Sure. Um, and so... I remember, you know, picking up the original, the remake of Resident Evil 1 and having it in my Steam library for something like four years before I finally managed to sit down and play through it. Um, this was this was not, you know, I bought it, four years went by, I installed it for the first time, right? And I, I need to make this very clear that I have a very um, sort of, stutter step uh, history with the Resident Evil series. I own, as you do, I own every game in the series, right? Um, either between my Switch, PC, or PlayStation 5, I've got them all, right? Um, I, as of record, as of tonight, I have completed six Resident Evil games. Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil Remake, Remake 2, Remake 3, the Remake of 4, and 7. So... I've now completed six of those. Three of those, however, were completed within the last 24 days, right? I Nuts, started man. them at the Nuts. start of May and I played through two, three, and four back to back. I'm currently playing eight, which is Village. Um, and I have to say, you would think by that pace, right? The fact that I managed to get through three games in, in you know, the span of, of three weeks, um, that, you know, I'm, I'm cured, right. I'm, I'm getting through the games. I'm booting them up. I'm making progress. I'm, I'm making it through. And then you 
remember the average play time is somewhere in the realm of five to seven hours for a resident evil game that's a weekend for some people for most people that i know that play video games it's a weekend um and i'm i'm spreading these out as long as i can for the most part but the reason for this is i don't know what it is about these games but as i've already sort of you know talked about there's an element in horror video games right of control right of player choice that makes the you know the the distance between me and the horror somehow unmanageable right somehow unmanageable to the point where i will i will stand in front of a door in a resident evil game knowing full well that there's a room on the other side right that i've never been in before could be empty could have one zombie in it could have two could have a new monster whatever and i will stand in front of that door for 15 minutes no exaggeration turn around go back to the save station save my game sprint through the door just to see what's in there die to whatever's in there if there's something in there and then if i die reset my game go back through prepared for the challenge right i i approach these games as someone who has never played a video game before in their entire lives. There's something about my my brain just shuts off when I play these games. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about the process of how you play a horror game as a coward. Because something I do know is there's a lot of people out there that share my 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 love of the aesthetic of Resident Evil, my love of the gameplay of Resident Evil, but also my crippling anxiety over jump scares, uh, pursuer enemies, the unknown, whatever you want to call it, and the agency required to get through these games. So, you know, I, I kind of want to go through what it is to play a horror game when you have whatever's going on up here, right, taking place. So, so I, I've got a few questions yeah, for you. Please. So it's so interesting to me that you say that because I think that um, scary movies are so much worse than video games because I don't have the agency. Like I really? can't control what's going to happen. Yeah, when I see like actors doing something like, no, don't go in there. Don't go in there. You're going to get killed. And they do it anyway. And then you see them get killed. I feel like I can make a better decision in a video game because uh, okay. I'm in control. So it's so interesting that you're saying the complete opposite for you. Now, I am wondering, um, and maybe maybe you want to get to this later. Um, so if you do, we can, we can um, put it on ice. But Playing through so many Resident Evil games mm-hmm. back to back in a short period of time, have you become desensitized to any of it? No, no. And I'll talk about that as we get through it. But um, one thing that I'm learning, and and this is something that you know I'm learning it. People have known this forever. Um, Resident Evil has evolved a lot over the years, so much so that every experience, every Resident Evil experience brings something new and terrifying to the table. Um, And we'll talk about that as I talk about the games that I've been playing most recently and and kind of what those add or change that, that, you know. um, I was going to ask you about that too before you go on. Um, Like I've read and and heard sort of just like in the zeitgeist that the Resident Evil games are have become much more action based and Mm -hmm. less horror based. Yeah. So it's interesting because when you think about the Resident Evil series, it's really hard to it's really hard to talk about the series today in a way that accounts for all of the history of that series, right? I mean, 
because it started back in the PS1 era where, you know, hardware limitations meant, um, you know, pre-rendered backgrounds, uh, loading screens between every door um, with that like first person door open, right? Where you have no idea what's oh, coming it's up. It's very terrifying, right? It's on the Switch um, version too. Yeah, but it's no longer in the in the most recent remakes that's you know that's a a hallmark of you know the old hardware and the you know the limitations um the pre-rendered backgrounds right which are these really vivid really scary and, and well done drawings have been replaced with you know um actual you know backgrounds interactable backgrounds and things like that so that's taken uh, you know away some of the edge for some people and, and added new horrors for others um but there was a period right around, I want to say, you know, just after I'd say Resident Evil five is what is most often cited as the, the kind of tipping point for, you know, the, the, the shark jump for Resident Evil, right. If we want to talk about it as such, because at the time Resident Evil four, when it first released on the GameCube, it was seen as like the evolution of Resident Evil, right? Um, it was an action-focused game, but it's still, you had to stop, right, in, in place to fire your gun, so there were still, like, restrictions on movement that made for some, you know, terror and intense combat. Um, there was, um, you know, a lot more emphasis, though, on swarms of enemies and, you know, a variety of weapons and approaches to combat to allow you to kind of really get into the, the that, you know... Lots of um, ammo. Yeah, to get into like a groove, right? And to feel like you could take on whatever challenges came your way, which was not the case in, you know, Code Veronica back to Resident Evil 1, where scarcity was key, right? The the yeah. game really restricted your control over um, how much ammo you had. You had to use ribbons to save your game, right? So that like you could only save as a limited quantity. Um, that's now gone from, I think, as of the RE2 remake is when they really got rid of that, like, Thank wholesale. God. Um, such a dumb but, mechanic. You know, for a lot of people, though, that was part of the anxiety, part of the, you know, and I think when you have hardware limitations where, you know, you look at Resident Evil 1, it's not a scary looking game, right? So you've got to do other things to create tension, right? Limit people's, you know, limit the amount of ammo that the, the player has, um, cut off their visibility with, you know, static camera angles, uh, use clunky tank controls that make, you know, movement and every action feel really you know sort of weighted and then give you yeah and then give you limited control over you know safety in the form of you know limiting your use of save of a save file which for many people you know i finished resident evil 4 for example with 100 saves um i know people who get through that game with like five um so just comparison's sake right um but then around resident evil 5 right um which was i think ps Three, I might be getting this wrong. It could be PS4, PS3, PS4. Um, we started to see like a real emphasis on action. And a lot of people said that is when not only did the stories become even more nonsensical than they already were. The, the series has always been campy, um, relatively nonsensical, but interesting, right? Um, around five, it starts to go a little off the rails. You have the famous boulder punching scene where a character does a quick time event to punch through a boulder um, that, that's crashing down on them. Uh, and then in six, right, they split the game into three campaigns. It played more like a Gears of War than it did a survival horror game. Only one of the three campaigns really focuses on zombies. The rest, it's more like um, you know, action-focused uh, combat scenarios. And so 
the a lot of fans really felt that the series had kind of lost its way, right? Starting with um, five and then concluding with six. Not to mention all the spinoffs. You know, you have light gun games. You've got um, the Revelation series, which tried to like rein in the horror a little bit more, but did it in an episodic way that people didn't really find all that great. Um, and then the series kind of disappears for a handful of years right after six, right? Um, That's kind of like um, mirroring what Capcom did with a lot of its franchises, right? Like they were were on the outs with a lot of their franchises Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. that same time. Yeah, there was a period where Capcom had just kind of lost a lot of the goodwill they built up in the PS1, PS2 days, um, and we're starting to see a lot of backlash for the decisions they were making creatively. I mean, I think this probably starts with Street Fighter 4, um, as well as the earlier, you know, the Resident Evils 5 and 6. Um, those games all kind of viewed somewhat negatively. Um and then Street Fighter 5 comes out, and that, that one really gets kind of lambasted for a long time. And Capcom's in a pretty tough, tricky spot. Um, and then they release Resident Evil 7, right? Biohazard 7, Resident Evil 7, um, which is the first entry that is in first-person mode. It stars an entirely new protagonist. The monsters are, are different. The setting is different, right? It really kind of soft reboots the series. Does have some connections towards the end game and then into eight, um, but overall it was kind of like a new era, right? And a lot of people credit Final Fantasy VII with the revival of not only Resident Evil but Capcom as a whole, right? As being this phenomenal game, and that was kind of maybe the point where I decided, you know, I'm I'm ready to jump back in, right? I'm ready to try this one more time. So I'd already owned. A handful of the Resident Evil games at that point. I'd never played them, but Resident Evil 7 came out and it was, you know, I'd heard so much buzz about it, right? The new first person perspective creates a really tense, scary atmosphere, but the gameplay is really good. The setting's really interesting. The story is actually compelling. And I decided I wanted to play it, right? But I have this thing with series where if I'm going to jump into a new series, even if the individual entries aren't connected, I always want to start at the beginning right at least at the beginning i don't necessarily have to play through every entry but i want to start at the beginning right it's so hard Um, to go back if you don't right like if you get used to whatever mechanics you have in later games it's so hard to go back to the first one i'm the same way i will play especially rpgs Mm -hmm. even if they're uh not connected i like going back and seeing where they started um and in a lot of situations if i hadn't have done that like dragon quest i think is a a really good example if i wouldn't have gone back and played those early dragon quest games first i don't know if i ever would have yeah yeah i think that's a fair point because there's you know the evolutions of you know mechanics and systems and just graphics and storytelling you know acumen um all create situations where that reverse you know that move backwards could be really rough so so that's kind of what I did. I went back and I played the very first Resident Evil, but I played the, I shouldn't say the very first, right? I played the remake, the one you were talking about, right? That came out um, originally for the GameCube. Um, I played the PC release of it. Still a good looking game. Even very today. good looking game. I think I think the pre-rendered backgrounds that they were using in that era really stand out and hold up well. It's the same reason I love games with, you know, cel-shaded art styles and stuff like that. I like games that feel like they hold up as, you know, um, hardware, you know, progresses we still have a lot of games that look really good for various you know decisions they made and i think the art direction in resident evil one right that remake of re1 is top notch right it still holds up really well um but that game took me what would take a normal person a weekend i played that game over a month and a half it took me a month and a half to beat resident evil because 
I could not sit down and play that game for more than 30 minutes at a time. There's no exaggeration, right? 30 minutes at a time. There's, again, the anxiety gets too much and I just have to walk away for a bit, right? Let me, let me uh, ask you this. So you're, you're taking your time playing through this game. Yes. Are you playing with strategy guides? Because I know you're, you're a fan of strategy guides in some games. Yeah. So maybe we should just dive into my process for how to complete <laughs> okay. a horror game. Right. And this is the process that I've used for every Resident Evil game that I have completed. Uh, You're an expert it, it, at this point. Yes. This is my foolproof system to getting through a horror game when you are sweating and uh, terrified the entire time. This Your is, patented system. This, yes, you should the be patented system. Selling this. I know. Um, you too can beat a Resident Evil game if you follow these rules. Now, um, this is going to make me sound insane. Uh, it's going to make it seem like I do not actually enjoy the Resident Evil games. Um, I am going to be accused of never having truly completed a Resident Evil game. Um, and most people are going to say that I've robbed myself of something essential to playing video games um, because there are a lot of steps in this process and most of them people would call sacrilege. Um, just for general gaming, you know, I'm not even talking for survival horror games. I'm just talking general gaming sacrileges that I've uh, conducted in, in order in this pursuit of, uh, you know, Resident Evil completionism. Now, I, I will say there has been a, a small revelation in recent weeks where um, my time spent using some of these systems has reduced, right? I've, 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 I've changed a few of these rules as I've played more and more. I have, the, you know, not necessarily like, again, I wouldn't say I'm desensitized to them, but I'm hardened at this point, right? I'm still a coward. I still only play for about 30 to an hour at most, right? When I play a session, but um, overall, these rules still apply. So let's talk about the process, right? Because the process is not, you know, it doesn't start when you hit, you know, new game and select the difficulty. It starts before that, right? It starts first with watching a, a review of the game, right? You have to do it. You have to Gotta watch a review of the game. I'm not talking, you know, uh, reading a review. I'm talking watch a video review with gameplay because you need to know what you're getting into. Now, they're not going to spoil a lot of stuff in video game reviews, but they're going to give you a sense of what you're up against. And knowing that is key to knowing right how to mentally prepare yourself for a particular game. Now, I say this because I think about the Resident Evil series as each game you know, iterating on, on previous entries. In Resident Evil 2 Remake, for example, if I did not know about Mr. X before playing that game, I would have seen Mr. X at the beginning of the game and I would have turned it off and never come back to it. In fact, that is what happened for three attempts to play Resident Evil 2 Remake. I got to Mr. X, I turned off the game, set it aside, I said, I'll be back to this. Something else came out, played that instead, and I said, I don't really need to go back to that. I think I'm okay. And I never came back to it until several months down the road. I bought Resident Evil 2 Remake when it came out. I think it was 2019, 2020. I think 2019. Um, and I did not complete it until the beginning of this month in 2023. So uh, that should give you a sense of, of uh, you know, where we're at. Again, not for a lack of trying. Attempted many times. But Start by watching a review. It's going to desensitize you to some of the stuff. It's going to give you a preview, let you know what you're up against. So that's rule number one. Start with a review. Then you get into the game, right? I feel like uh, this is actually, like a Rocky no. montage yep. or something this you're is, going through. This is not even, you, before you've even gotten the game, there's a couple things you got to do to your surroundings, right? Because your environment is key for a it's, good it's survival ambience. horror experience. The ambiance is important. Now, I, I you know, 
some people would recommend, uh, you know, uh, play a survival horror game with headphones. My recommendation is don't, don't you dare. You'll never make it through it. You'll turn it off within a minute. Um, I recommend you play with the audio as quiet as you can get it. Uh, muted is fine, honestly. It's okay. Though you do want it up a little bit so you can hear monsters because it is important to know when a threat's coming. But keep that muted and then find yourself a nice little podcast. Find yourself a nice little soothing podcast to listen to because it really helps to have some weirdos talking about nothing in the background while you are trying to focus on what's ahead of you in the game. It's going to distract you enough from what's happening in the game. You can even listen to this one. Go for it. Throw us on there. We are we are drab enough to to get you through a Resident Evil game. I promise. Throw this episode on so you can be kind of meditating through the process of playing Resident Evil with me, right? As I as I walk you through the steps. So right now you've got you know you're you're sitting in your room. Uh, you've got your podcast on your your volume low or muted, um, and now you're thinking, okay, what else do I need to do? How else do I set this scene? One. Play during the day if you can. Please play in, in a brightly lit room. Open up all your windows. Get that light in there, right? If you don't have that option, you just got to pump up the lights, right? I've got a couple of, you know, like uh, ring light type doodads here. I've got a big old light in the corner of my room. The, you know, ceiling fan light, they're all on. Everything's on. The windows are shut if it's nighttime, wide open if it's daytime. Uh, that's what we're doing, right? You, you don't want to feel like you're playing at nighttime. The nightmares are not worth it, right? get in there, play in the brightest setting you can find. Okay. And then you're going to crank that brightness within the game up as high as you can get it. I'm talking like there's usually going to be like two or three brightness settings in a Resident Evil game. You want to make sure when they say, make it till the thing is just barely visible, get it as visible as it can be on the screen. When they show you that little icon or whatever it is, you no, you're, you're talking it. about, you're talking about this for horror games, but I do this for other games as well because <laughs> games are so dark. They're so dark nowadays. I yes, I you know, look. I I'm a fan of pumping up the brightness on most games, but on horror games, it is absolutely crucial. Everything's too dark these days. Movies, games, TV shows, it's all a nightmare, right? We don't know how to do lighting anymore. Yeah, it's bad. Um, you know, even if you can adjust the gamma, go ahead and do that too. It's going to make the game look like crap, but you know, Hey, it's going to make everything super bright and you're going to, you know, nothing's going to sneak up on you in the shadows because there won't be any shadows and that's, you know, that's useful. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I go with a nice soothing, easy difficulty, right? Whatever the lowest difficulty is the nice thing about these resident evil games, right? Um, they, you know, starting with seven, you know, they, they got back to scary, right? Resident Evil seven is a scary, scary game. Uh, some people say it's the scariest game in the series. Um, having played through what I've played through, I would agree at this point. Um, two is also quite scary. Three, a little bit less so, but still quite scary, very more tense than scary, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, Capcom added these really nice assisted difficulties in the recent remakes that have, you know, auto aim like aim assist automatically turned on you start with more weapons and items i think these have actually been even back in the earlier days they had sort of easier mode difficulties that allowed for starting with different weapons and items and healing a little bit and things like that which which soothed the experience because i found that for me um just feeling like i am going to land my shots better makes me feel a little bit more secure in whatever i'm playing um it's you know, so we're about wasting bullets quite so much yep. Because, you know, these games, they love to make ammo scarce, right? And, and scarcity is how they really pump up the fear in, in a lot of these games. So if you remove that element a little bit, right, calms the nerves a little bit. Um, and so I do have a confession, all... though. Yeah, go. 
So I've got a confession about, I think it's Resident Evil 4, but I can't remember because I have never too even long. attempted to play it. I bought whatever Resident Evil um, is available on the Oculus Quest too. Yeah, the VR. Yep, that's, uh, yes, Resident Evil 4 VR. Which and like what you were saying earlier about feeling drawn to it, like, oh man, it looks so cool. Mm -hmm. I want to play it. Like I like the sort of dark and gothic um, atmosphere. That's what got me. I was like, oh man, of course I've got to get this game. And I paid, you know, whatever, 20 or 30 bucks or whatever it costs. Never even played it. I looked at some of the screenshots inside the VR and I was like, yeah, no. It's Maybe so scary. One day. Have you so have scary. you played the VR? I've no, I've watched I've watched a little bit here and there, but no, I've never played it. I haven't played it. I don't think I could. Um VR horror is a whole nother we don't we don't have time for that, but yeah. I also have an Oculus <laughs> Quest 2 back there. Um I have a couple horror games on there and I don't think I've made it more than 15 minutes into a single one. It's just, it's, uh, I can't do it, man. I can't. Sensory I mean, overload. There's not enough light in the world. No, no. Uh, not to mention, you know, you're also competing with the the potential disorientation and nausea from VR, depending on, you know, how those games work for you. But, but you know, so far, right, all of these recommendations are pretty standard stuff, right? I mean, you remove the atmosphere in most horror experiences, right? I mean, you watch a horror movie. If you turn that volume down, most of the horror is zapped right out of a horror film without the soundtrack, right? Because yeah, it's sound funny. plays, yeah, right. Sound plays a huge element in these games and and in movies and horror in general because it really sort of gets you on edge, right? Without you even realizing it a lot of the time. And so, you know, you pump up the brightness, you remove the element of surprise, you reduce the sound, you get rid of all the you know anxiety that they're trying to trick you with there. And you know that's all standard stuff, right? Most people, that's enough for them, right? You do those things, you'll make it through just fine. It might take you a little while, but you'll get through there. You'll, you'll, you'll manage to clear it. But that's not enough for me, right? That is not enough for me to, to beat these games. And this is where we get into my, my methods where um, I know I'm going to get called out for just not being a true gamer or whatever it is, right? I'm going to, I'm going to get some flack for this. What you're going to get um, flack for something else, not any of the stuff you've already talked about. Eh, well, I mean, maybe, but uh, this is the real, the real stuff, right? Because <laughs> you asked me about playing with guides, right? And I, I've been on record as saying that if you need if you want to play a game, right, because you think it looks cool, you've heard nice things about it, but you just feel like you'd be overwhelmed by the systems, that you'd struggle to get hooked by it because there's just too much to learn or whatever it might be, um, play with a guide, man. Grab yourself a guide, jump in there. I'm a firm believer in spoilers not mattering, right? I, this is something that I've, I've held firm for a very long time. Um, I, you know, I try not to spoil people because I know that people are very sensitive about that, but I tend to have no issue with knowing how something is going to play. It, it rarely ruins my enjoyment of a thing to know how it ends, right? The same but surprises, goes... surprises though, right? Like you don't want to be spoiled of a surprise in a game. I, no, I like truly, I, I genuinely don't tend to care, right? I, I, because for me, it's more what leads up to that revelation. What, what is the approach and follow through of that revelation? That is always the most interesting thing to me. The, re if the reveal in itself is the biggest thing, it's an unsuccessful twist, in my opinion. That's fair, but are you saying that if you know that the reveal is coming and you can see like the clues along the way, it doesn't take away from it for you? 
Like when I'm experiencing something, whether it's a TV show or a, a yeah. movie or a game or whatever, the big reveal is often a, a, a huge surprise to me at the end. And then on a replay or a rewatch, then I see the trail of breadcrumbs and mm-hmm. that's like satisfying on a different level. Yeah. But I, I think I would miss it that first time. That might have to do with the fact that I'm not rewatching or replaying anything. I'm going through it one time and I'm done. You're right. Done. So for me, I kind of like having an, a sense of what's to come so I can start paying attention to those things and get that experience the first time through. Now, again, that's ah, not okay. to say that I don't also enjoy going in blind to a lot of games. A lot of things I do. And I again, I use guides and walkthroughs and, and things like that um, as entries into things that I would typically find to be too overwhelming. Right. You know, no, that's again, I I don't think that the saga series of RPGs are user friendly. I don't think they are intuitive. I don't think they're user friendly. I think they are a major turnoff if you don't understand the systems. And so I looked up guides and I read tips and tricks and I watched some brief gameplay videos to learn how these games work. And then I played them. And I don't think that I lost anything in the discovery. In fact, I think that knowing that allowed me the appreciation that I would never have gotten to because I never would have stuck around long enough. Yeah, that's exactly what happens to me with the saga games. I can't stick with them Mm -hmm. because I refuse to look up a guide and I just end up screwing up. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before with uh, Saga Frontiers, like walking into the final boss, um, very underprepared, not being able to get out of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, those are games that, like, I've got um, hate in my heart for that game. Yes. <laughs> and it's it, and I think that's fair because I think that there is, you know, there are a lot of games and a lot of systems that are, you know, they are. I'm not trying to to like say that they're gate kept or anything like like that's not what I'm getting at, but like they're they're designed for a particular gamer in like in mind they've got a particular gamer in mind a particular personality a particular style of gameplay in mind and if you don't adhere to or mesh with those styles you're 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 going to jump off the boat right that's any genre right like yeah. you, you talk about any any media any genre some things work for you some things don't i find personally right that reading guides, watching playthroughs, watching speedruns in particular, um, to be really compelling ways for me to get into something without spoiling too much for myself. So this is my other tip for a horror game in particular, is to watch a speedrun of that horror game. Watch a speedrun. Because this is the beauty of speedruns. They are largely incomprehensible from a story perspective you're going to barely be spoiled on narrative because speedrunners are skipping every cutscene that is skippable. They are glitching through major sections of the game. They are um, playing in a way that no actual player will typically approach the game. So they're going to miss large sections of said game. But what they're going to do is they're going to give you a quick, fast look at some of the environments you'll encounter. They're going to give you some strategies for how to uh, manage resources in combat in a way that is helpful to understand, you know, where resources might be limited or where, you know, they they might be flush. Um, And they're going to give you enough of an understanding of the game to know what it is that you're getting to in a way that the review itself cannot. Right. I find that speedruns are a great way to do that without spoiling yourself on the narrative. 
I totally agree about speed runs. Um, they do a great job of dis- distilling what's important about a mm-hmm. game very quickly because they're not worried about any of the side stuff. Right. Nothing that, um, you know, if you're playing through like your garden variety playthrough, you're like interested in or trying to uncover like, is this going to be an important part of the game? Like, is, is a side quest going to be important? No, they, they are showing you exactly what you have to do to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I've in these experiences, right, I've managed to, you know, see most of the game, experience most of the scenes, but in a way that is so disjointed and confusing um, that when I approach those sections in actual gameplay, the surprises are still there, right? The experience is still one in which I am seeing things for the first time in this way, right? In this shape, this form, whatever it might be. Um, And so for me, that's a big, you know, way of overcoming, right? A, you know, a a mental block that I have, which is the anxiety of the unknown, right? Because for me, the hardest part about these games is, as I said, you know, when there's a door that I can't get through or I've never been through, right? I don't know what's on the other side. And having some sense of it, right? Even if it's just confirmation that, yes, there will be an enemy in there right you're i'm i'm you know i may ruin a jump scare for myself but what i find is i actually create a higher tension in myself because i'm anticipating and creating dread in myself right as i play through these know. games because you know i know that it's coming but i've i've experienced it in such a disconnected fashion or such a different fashion that i don't know exactly how it's going to play out. I don't know exactly where I'll find it, how I'll experience it. And so it creates a new kind of tension, but one that I can deal with, right? Um, I'll, I still feel the anxiety. I still feel the stress, but I at least am somewhat prepared. Um, and so I can throw myself into that situation in a trial basis, right? I, sure. I, I approach the situation. I like see inoculating how, yourself to the horror. Essentially, essentially, right? I I throw myself into the the next room or, or environment. I approach right whatever the threat is, and if it kills me, it kills me. I restart. I try again, right? But I don't have that same sense of dread that I would be if I had no idea what was coming. And so for me, that's helpful, right? This is a way for me to get through these games in ways that I still find very enjoyable, right? You know, I've pretty much experienced the whole game before i've played it um through the speed runs through looking at brief guides um and and that kind of stuff but i've saved enough of the surprises because i you know i'll I'll open up a guide page right a a guide to a resident evil game and i'll just look at a section right you know resident evil one uh raccoon city police department all right and i will scan that just to see how long is this section compared to like the next section? I'll look at a couple screenshots just to get a sense of what threats are in there, but I'll never read them in full. Right? I don't want to be told exactly where to go and how to go, but I want to have a sense of what threats, what you know, violence is 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 coming my way, and what weapons and and you know defenses and stuff I might come across in the process, so I can prepare myself mentally for that experience. So as we're wrapping up here, I've got two big questions for you. Um, I'll ask them both and then you can just riff off of them and take as long as you want. Um, th- so one question, it's not very well formulated, but I'm wondering, you know, is there um, like, is there a reticence to play something with a lot of blood and gore and violence? Like, is that part of the apprehension for playing? It is for me. Like, I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. a ton of blood and gore, 
I'm, I'm just wondering how that plays into horror for you. For me, horror is more about the unknown. Like, I yes. don't know what's going to be there. But I also don't like the gory stuff. I, if I'm going to play something, I prefer the anticipation, the unknown, yeah. the dark, um, that sort of stuff. So, that, so that's one question. Second question is, of the Resident Evil games you've played, which one is the scariest? Like, which so, one bothered you the most? So... I, for the first question, for me, the 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 gore element has never been a, a problem for me. Like when it comes to, you know, horror films, for example, like I don't mind a grindhouse film. I don't mind a slasher. Right. I'm fine with all of those gameplay. And I think of like the Doom series. Right. Which is just all blood and gore. Right. Like Doom, Doom Eternal. Right. Uh, 2016 Doom and Doom Eternal. Um, love those games. They're great fun. Right. I have no problem with that kind of of, you know viscera and whatnot that's not really the anxiety for me for me it's absolutely the the unknown right the the what is uh, around the corner because jump scares right yes they get me every time but for me it's more like anxiety of you know uh, to, to put it you know in terms of resident evil the resident evil has this phenomenal system that started in resident evil 2 right um and they call them pursuer enemies Right. Resident Evil 2, it's Mr. X, and 3, it's the nemesis. Um, you've got these different characters. In, in 7, it's the Baker family. And they're these NPCs, these monsters, right, that follow you and stalk you through the environments, right? They appear in sometimes scripted, sometimes unscripted locations. And so you might be walking through, for example, the Raccoon Police Department. You go into a room, nothing's there. You grab an item, you leave, you start to head towards the exit, and the door opens and there's a eight-foot-tall monster chasing you, right? And then you have to play a minigame of route yourself around them, find a safe spot, get to a, a safe zone or get far enough away from them, knock them out, whatever it is, before you could just go back to completing whatever small task you had. And these characters terrify me. Even if you only run into them, like in Resident Evil Village, the most recent one, uh, well, the most recent new entry, not counting four, um, there's Lady Dimitrescu, who is this, you know, the eight foot tall vampire that the internet fell in love with when she was uh, announced, who stalks you for only about an hour of that game. If you're playing through her section, you know, straightforward, it takes about an hour, um, and she only stalks you for about half of that, a third of that time. Um, I only encountered her maybe three instances in my game, but every time, right, I was terrified. I, you know, I had to run, find a safe spot, get to a save room, wait until she disappeared. But despite the fact that I only ran into her three times and those moments were two, three minutes max, the anxiety of knowing she could show up at any point and it was unscripted, very hard to get through. That section, which should take most players 30 minutes to an hour, took me about two. Um, and I played it in about five different sit, you know, sessions, gameplay sessions. I figured she was going to be a much bigger part of that game. I haven't mm -hmm. played it, but just, you know, just from seeing everything online and I, it's I figured a big she was like, uh, yeah, huh? Yeah. Um, now, as for the scariest game, um, I think I've already said this, but for me, it's Resident Evil 7, at least of the ones that I've played. Um, because of the first person perspective, right? It's very claustrophobic. You don't have the field of vision that you do in the other games. There's pursuer enemies. The, you know, the setting is just very scary and dark and there's the great use of jump scares and stuff they mix up the types of horror a lot um but one thing that every resident evil game has in common is they have really strong first acts where the terror mm. is 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 
at its peak. And then they move more action-y, less terror, more action-based fear in the latter half. And so I think every game has their moments. For example, in Village that I'm playing right now, probably the single scariest moment in a Resident Evil game is the second environment that you go to, the second castle area that you go into in the game where you're in a dollhouse and you're stripped of all your weapons and you have to solve essentially an escape room right with no weapons the whole time and you're in a a doll maker's house like i'm not going to spoil anything about it and say anything more but a lot happens in that short gameplay session which is one that you could get through in 10-15 minutes if you know it and know how to do it but if you're a person for your first time you don't know the puzzles you don't know the layout you don't know what what scares and uh setups are you know in store for you um it's just tension from the moment your weapons are taken away and the lights go out to when you finally escape. Um, and it works really, really well. And so each game has things, right? Like Mr. X in RE2 um, was just too much, right? Um, sure. Whereas Nemesis in 3, which works similarly to Mr. X, is less scary because he's scripted, whereas Mr. X is um, procedural, right? He just kind of shows up and, and messes your day up when he, when he feels like it. Um, so they've all got their moments. But for me, I've found that like I'm glad that even though I'm playing these games in a way that most people would see as you know um, a, a heinous affront to you know the Resident Evil series and gaming in general, um, I'm finally experiencing a series that has very quickly like skyrocketed to like my my Mount Rushmore of video game series. Like I. I'm not big on this genre, like in practice. I love it in theory, not big in practice, as I've made very clear. And yet, in this in this month alone, right? I think I've I've had a better time playing video games, even though I've been stressed most of the time of playing. I've had a better time playing video games than I've had most of the last couple of years or so, um, with a few notable exceptions. And so, it's one of those things where. I'm really glad that I like I did it. And that's just to say, like, sometimes it's okay to approach a game in a way that other people tell you is not how you should play it, right? Like oh, there, sure. isn't, there isn't a right way to do this stuff. It comes back to that that series, like, you know, there no gatekeeping here, right? Like get into the game in whatever way you need to get into it. And if you have fun with it, like that's all that matters. And for me, that's been like the big joy of these last couple months of not like anticipation for Breath of the Water, or Tears of the Kingdom, just like trying something new. Figured I was going to clear some backlog, jumped into the series, and now I'm I'm hooked. Right, like I said, I I was putting down. Uh, I finished four, which I absolutely loved. By the way, I understand why it's you know a top three game for some people. Um, and I was going to pick up something else. I was going to take a break from Resident Evil for a little bit. I started up like three other games, um, played for maybe ten minutes each, and then I started Village, and I. I think I've put five hours into that since I since I jumped into it um, a few days ago, um, and I'm I'm loving it. Even though, again, it's you know I'm running into issues of uh, <laughs> just personal fear, but um, it's been really cool. It's been a cool experience for me to to check out a series that I never thought I'd get very far in and, and finally make some progress. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mainlining Resident Evil for the past three weeks. That yeah, man, sounds fun. All right. 
Let's wrap there. Um, and well, I guess we'll get to our, our game recommendations of the week sure. and, then, and then we can wrap. So um, do, do you have any other recommendation outside of Resident Evil? No, Matthew? my recommendation is play Resident Evil game. I don't care which one you play. Just jump in there and check one out. Well, don't play Zero. Zero kind of sucks. But um, other than that, jump in there, man. Check one out. I mean, all of the ones that are on the Switch are good entries, um, I think. You know, even five and six, you know, people say they're fun if they're a little nonsensical people still enjoy them so i would say just get in there and play one my recommendation if you had to pick one though um if you like first person check out and you don't mind being really uh, you know scared play seven it's really good top tier game if not um you know either go with the original re4 if you only have a switch or check out the remake if you have something else and if not play re2 because that's a, a really phenomenal remaster all right so my recommendation uh, started off as a joke um, on Twitter with us. Um, you know, we were waiting for the Xenoblade 3 DLC. Um, it came out pretty late um, in the night. 9 p.m. last night. Yeah, that's yeah, the time of recording. Anyway, uh, so I was waiting on that. Didn't have anything else to do. And I was like, you know, Matthew is always bothering me because I've never played Xenogears. My favorite. Maybe, maybe I should just play Xenogears. So I spent three and a half, four hours last night playing Xenogears and could not stop. I mean, I was so into yeah. that game. I think they do such a great job of incorporating like the you know, super 90s anime cutscenes mm-hmm. um, into the the world. The, the art is really nice too. The, like the yeah. pixel graphics are really, really nice. Um, but my save file got corrupted. Ugh. And so I lost, you know, all of that. So That's anyway, a hard, a hard start. So... I was really upset last night and I went to bed like so frustrated. But then I woke up this morning and I was like, I've, I've just got to play it again. I've just got to figure out like my save problem yep. and, and play it again because it was such a good game. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, people can't stop talking about it online, right? Like it's, and it paved the way for all of the other Xeno games. Yeah. I've, I've got to get through it. Yeah. Look, I, we'll talk at length about that game when you do or if you do. I, I think I'm very curious to see how it holds up for someone who didn't play it when it first came out. Because I think I have, no, I know, I know I have strong nostalgia for it. And I know that I'm looking at it with rose-tinted glasses because there are issues. There's there's problems and there's stuff that does very much does not hold up today. But I still hold it as my favorite jrpg like that's for sure it's my favorite jrpg despite its flaws and yes a lot of that is nostalgia right i admit that there are better playing games there are games with better stories but i think that there is something about the moment when that came out my where i was and how i experienced that game that keep it firmly like lodged there um I'm very curious to see how you feel about the second disc, which is incredibly controversial because, uh, again, it was originally meant to be, I believe, Final Fantasy VIII, got spun off into its own thing, um, and eventually came out uh, rushed and... um, Incomplete, right? Yeah. Yes and no, right? There's been sort of controversy about that. I think the creators have said that it, you know, the vision is what they wanted, but there's a... Basically, the second disc plays out for the first handful of hours more like a visual novel where you experience the story and see the scenes play out with only a few battles as opposed to um, like the first disc. And it's very well known and very controversial um, 
move that I think works really well. Um, but I'm curious to see how you feel about it when you get there. Um, if it's a pretty that. short game, right? It's only like 20 or 30 hours. It, I, I think it's closer to 40, 50. I think it's Is closer it? to 40, okay. 50. Um, though, I thought it was again, a shorter. been a long time, so I can't say for sure. I know it's two discs, like I said. Uh, I can't say for sure because it's been so long. And I did play it to completion. Like I played, I, I did a lot of grinding. I did a lot of arena battling and stuff like that. So my play times might be skewed, but yeah. I'm really excited about it. You know, when I was playing it last night, I didn't expect to get wrapped up in it. I never even got to the Xenoblade um, DLC because I was so wrapped up in yeah. Xenogears. Um, but, you know, it scratches that RPG or PS1 RPG aesthetic for me. Yeah. yeah. Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy IX, uh, Grandia. Like, like it's scratching like that era of RPG itch for me. And yeah. uh, I've got to go back to it. I mean, like I said, I lost four hours last night, but there's no way that I'm not going to try it again after i figured out my save issue i've got to figure that out first i think it's i think it's worth it um i think uh, you know it still has some of my favorite characters the party is really good the gameplay is fun um it's stylish as all get out so worth worth the time uh worth the effort um and i'd love to talk about it once you're a little further in but i think that'll do it for us tonight i mean again i just kind of wanted a chance to talk about resident evil i've been hooked on this series for a bit wanted to talk about my experience with it so i appreciate you humoring me with this episode and uh we'll be back at it with i think what xenoblade chronicles 3 future redeemed impressions uh, yeah next week yeah. that's next week and then we've got a a big may planned um, yes a month full of zelda episodes so get ready for that and um we're gonna give away a copy of Tears of the Kingdom. So stay tuned for some information about that. Confirmation. You heard it here first. Justin is getting ready for the big giveaway. The big giveaway. All right, guys. Right on, man.